Oh, hearing that school bell brings back memories, doesn't? In my case, some some distant memories, needless to say. Uh, well, we're continuing our look into back to school 2022 this week. Today, we delve into an issue that's been top of mind for parents and teachers for. Well, this will be the third year, I guess, the third return to school that this has been a, a very uh, hot topic. I mean, obviously, classrooms were were shut for a lot of for a lot of it, but just how safe are our classrooms from the threat of COVID nineteen? And there is a push again this year for kids to wear masks in school since immunization rates for younger children are lagging behind the general populations. Now, mask mandates for schools obviously vary now, but uh, overall, I mean, just about every province, I think every province and territory no longer has a mask mandate uh, for school. BC scrapped theirs back in the spring. Lots of other provinces followed suit about the same time. And as we get ready to go back to school very soon now, uh, it appears, and I don't think every province has officially put out exactly what the rules are going to be, but it looks like just about every single province and territory is saying they're not going to reintroduce, reintroduce any kind of mask mandate. They are, of course, encouraging people um, to use masks. I think PEI and Newfoundland are, are saying it's a very good idea. They're encouraging it to kids to use them if they're not, you know, obviously under certain circumstances to have them available. That's a Quebec thing. Uh, and also just to rely on other measures like hand washing, uh, making sure that kids are monitored regularly by their parents, that they don't go to school if they're sick and so forth. Uh, but it's a very different reality from what it was uh, in the recent past. And that is going to um, meet with concern, obviously, because um, classrooms are crowded places. I know if you've ever been in one, uh, you know just how crowded they are and how, you know, it, we always see an uptick in other sorts of uh, transmissible illnesses when school starts again. Um so what will it be this year? Are there gaps? Are there concerns? What are parents saying? What are teachers saying heading into this new year? Joining me now with more on all of that is Jennifer Heighton. She's an elementary school teacher and co-founder of the Safe Schools Coalition BC. Thanks for your time tonight. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, I, this must be, as always, uh, a bit of a I wouldn't call it an anxious time, but school is approaching, right? You, I guess you get the sense that it's coming up. And so how how different is this year shaping up to be overall, just in terms of your preparation, your feelings about it? This year is different because we are now in our third year heading into it. So it's disappointing that we are still worrying about safety measures in classrooms and governments not doing enough. Tell me about that. I mean, I, I've seen, I was sort of looking at what every single province is doing and it's, you know, they're, they're all essentially saying the same thing. Mask mandates are done, you know, and they're really put, putting now the onus on parents, teachers and kids essentially to monitor their own health. And this is the thing that this is actually a global pandemic and, and for safety things as a society, uh, we have rules in place that help keep us all safe. I mean, that's part of living in a society. So, you know, driving down the road, we have rules. We have speed limits, um, car seats in the kid, car, uh, for kids, um, drinking and driving laws. Like, these are things that are not just recommendations. They don't just say, oh, we recommend that you don't drink and drive. No, there's an actual law. And there's a rule for it. And it does help keep the community safe. Same thing should be applying to this. We don't have clean air in schools yet. So that means we need to keep clean air, the air clean, using, you know, universal masking would help with, with that. So we're not breathing it out into the air. Um, and then cleaning the air, uh, getting better HEPA filtration, those kinds of things. That has not been dealt yet with. And it's three years in. This is the big disappointment that we're facing. 
Yeah, because I mean, I mean, obviously the question that comes up is that you know I I was um, I went to Vancouver over the weekend. You know, we took took the bus and so on, and you know, masks have kind of disappeared. So, and, and for better or worse, um, and and then the idea that kids would then have to wear masks within schools when they don't have to wear masks anywhere else does raise the question: What's different? And I think you've explained it. Uh, but what are you hearing in terms of just concerns from parents, concerns from other teachers, and why are classrooms different from other? closed in spaces such as offices or buses or so forth? So what makes schools different from um, some other public places is that you're spending several hours together indoors um, and you're close together with, if you, with um, the class sizes that we have. You can only distance the kids maybe one meter apart, but often less than that, especially when you're you're You've got older kids, like high school students. They end up sitting almost shoulder to shoulder sometimes. So you're in the same room. You're sharing the air. A lot of the buildings are old. I don't think people quite realize how old some of the buildings are, and that's because governments over the last couple of decades have not kept up with infrastructure over time. So some of the ages and conditions of these buildings are ones that a regular company in an office would not put up with. So this is the sort of thing that is not being addressed um, adequately by governments. They ought to be addressing this because this seems to be the new normal. We do have viruses circulating that are not like the flu or cold that do organ damage to lots of other organs. Um, you don't necessarily recover from it the same way that you do from a flu or a cold. You know, there's more people getting long COVID, more people in hospital, et cetera, than those other respiratory illnesses. Yeah. I mean, even the other illnesses should have been a bit of a, you know, it should have been a bit of a warning sign back when, you know, that every year when school starts again, all of a sudden we have a spike, uh, maybe not a spike, but at least an increase in the number of, you know, cases of, of colds and flus and so forth. Um, there were promises made, I remember, or at least words said over the past few years, specifically here in BC, I guess we'll stick with BC, um, about improving air quality in schools. How much of that has been done? Not enough. Definitely not enough. And what is sorely lacking from a lot of the provinces is the fact that the federal government gave $100 million to provinces for cleaner air in schools. And they, um, the B.C. government, for example, has not announced how they're going to, to spend their portion of it. So that's $11.9 million is B.C.'s portion. They have not ch chosen to share how they're going to spend that. Um, We've been having an informal poll, uh, Safe Schools Coalition BC, about HEPA filtration in schools, and 87% of respondents said they had no HEPA filtration in their class, whether that was a parent or a staff member. Um, some 20% tried to donate, so of that 87% who had no HEPA filtration in their class, 20% tried to donate and were told no, they were not allowed to donate um, a filtration unit to their child's class. Right. And then, yeah. yeah, and then only 13% of respondents actually had HEPA filtration, either from the district or donated that had been allowed. You know, listening to 
um, health ministers are listening to governments, provincial governments from across the country talk about what the new school year is going to look like. And again, as I mentioned, I don't think we know exactly what what the or marching orders are going to be in every province and territory just yet. But it seems very likely that no, no area is going to require kids to wear masks in schools this year. So where does that leave you? I mean, I know you're concerned. I mean, you must be hearing concern from parents too. Where does that leave you? What, what, do you, what is the response to that? So the response is, uh, number one, governments have not explained how universal masking actually works and that it's um, a measure of source control. Um, it also, they also have not shown, you know, they haven't explained to people that in places that had universal masking, um, they had much less student and staff illness. Uh, so Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts just released a study where thousands of missed school days were in the areas that had no mask mandate. Alberta Health, um, Alberta Health had data that they were sitting on that schools with universal masks had three times less outbreaks than schools that didn't. So, so universal masking works. The unfortunate thing is that a lot of the general public is not aware of these studies. And so they are under the impression that, oh, I don't need to mask, you know, it's recommended, which means, oh, the danger must have passed. That's what they've been given the impression. They've also been given the impression that COVID is a respiratory disease and that it's seasonal, which is false on both counts. We know that there's been another wave this summer so definitely not seasonal. A lot of people know of people who got sick over the summer. Uh, another thing, too, then, is it's not respiratory. Um, scientists have proven that it's vascular and it attacks multiple organs. So, you know, a lot of um, blood clotting yeah. and cardiovascular issues. Jennifer Heighton is our guest this half hour, an elementary school teacher and a co-founder of Safe Schools Coalition BC. We're talking about health concerns about the return to school this year. This September will look different uh, from September's past, at least the recent past. Mask mandates have been lifted uh, in all provinces and territories. It doesn't look like any province or territory is going to make students wear masks in class this year. And that's raised some concerns, especially since some of the other measures that could help, such as a filtration or better air quality in classrooms, has not happened yet. Uh, Jennifer, what have you been hearing from, I mean, I know through the Safe Schools Coalition BC, you do talk to parents and other teachers. What are you hearing about the apprehension this year about what the classroom might be like and how it might work when you're trying to, because I was reading through some of the guidelines, like encourage kids to wash their hands, monitor for, you know, for symptoms, have parents monitor for symptoms. It sounds vague, to say the very least. It's definitely not prescriptive enough. Uh, and, And the fact that masks are optional just makes it tougher in terms of, you know, we are a community and a school. We do care about each other. And in class, there are students who are vulnerable or who live with a family member who is vulnerable. And a vulnerability can be something just like asthma, which there are several people who have asthma. Um, and COVID can, you know, that, that has a higher risk of a more serious um, illness with that, or diabetes, same sort of thing. Those are immunocompromising conditions, and there's way, lots of other immunocompromising conditions. Um, all children deserve to be able to go to school. That's a cornerstone of public education in Canada. And when we have a um, system that is not protecting some of those members that, are, that deserve to go to school, then 
you know, that's excluding them from right. a basic human right. Um, we do make allowances for children who have severe peanut allergies and could right. suffer an anaphylactic shock. So we have um, schools where kids do not bring peanut butter to school, and that's only for a few children. Well, why is it that um, with children with COVID that people are not willing to do these things so that all kids can come to school. Yeah, um, we surprised that the BC Teachers Federation didn't, I mean, they haven't asked for a mask mandate, right? They've said they want to make masks available in classrooms, but they certainly haven't asked that kids all be made to wear masks. And I just feels, honestly, Jenna, it just feels like that's not going to happen this year, unless there's a new wave. Of course, everyone's qualified this with, if it gets bad again, we'll, we'll revisit this, right? And that's the unfortunate thing, that if it gets bad again, then that's when they will visit it, that they'll wait to see. That's what happened last year when we started the school year with grade 4 to 12 universal masking, but kindergarten to grade 3 did not have that. And then September rolled along. The number of children in the under 10 age group that were uh, showing up in the hospital at that time was a lot higher than a lot of other age groups. And so by October 1st, the BC government decided, oh, okay, we will put masks, um, make masks, you know, uh, mandatory for kindergarten to grade three. But they waited until October to do that. Um, and in the meantime, a whole bunch of young kids ended up in hospital. And the, spread, last, yeah. the case numbers of those kids was quite high. As Alaska, I mean, a lot of it is made about has been made uh, over time about just the um, the fact that kids don't like to wear masks. What's been your your experience with that? Actually, when a good like school culture of mask wearing is created, kids are actually pretty good with it. Kids, I think, um, a lot of them are responsible. They, when explained to them and they understand how it protects them and it also protects those around them, it helps keep them in class longer in terms of less sickness going around, uh, then they, they accept it and they, they go with it. So, you know, they've been able to be happy and spend time together with their friends. Um, it didn't seem to be a problem in the class. And in fact... Um, in my classroom, which, is, which I've had the majority of students masking the majority of the time, and they were quite happy doing so, um, they actually had way less illness both years. So normally in the 20, over 20 years of teaching, I would catch a cold at least uh, two or three times a year, minimum, and have to take days off. Sometimes it would turn into bronchitis. Um, whereas the last two years with universal masking, um, we, I've not caught any colds at all, and the Kleenex box, which is usually collection, which is usually depleted by the end of the year, is still like stacks and stacks high. So even the class didn't need to use all those boxes of Kleenex the way they normally did. Well, Jennifer, so um, it does. Yeah. It, it, it's something that I think society needs to figure out what what they need to do in terms of viruses were mostly benign, um, the colds and flu types before, but now we are facing more serious uh, viruses. 
So cleaning the air, yes, that has to be done. And to be able to do that, then that's the way that we could get rid of the masks. Well, Jennifer Hyden, I wish you the best of luck with the Back to School 2022. I know that uh, it will be, as always, a different experience this year as it has been in the past few years. Uh, And best of luck to your students as well. Thank you so much.